more than that, we have um, really an identity that we would like to possess, and that's this idea as a vision is to be a, a multiplying movement of passionate followers of Jesus who impact their community and beyond with grace, love, and hope. So we really want to be a passionate people about Jesus. Uh, we really want to multiply in what it is that God is doing through us as a church, and we're seeing that take place in some, some interesting ways. And we really want to make an impact. We want to make an impact in, in this community and every community that you may be in. We want to make an impact. And so we're looking at those things. And then next week, um, our pastor of operations, Ladina Doherty, she's going to talk about purposes. What, what, what is our purpose in life? What is it that we're supposed to do in life specifically, not just in regard to church life, but all life? What's our purpose? And she's going to be kind of um, tackling that topic of purpose, and I'm really excited um, from November to Christmas, we're going to take a look at our values as a church, and not talking about our church, but talking about what kind of values we can espouse in our own lives to really make an impact and a difference, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And so today we're going to wrap up this idea of mission and vision specifically before we get into purpose, and we're looking at um, this idea of revival. Revival is a strange word. It's a word that we don't use a ton anymore. Uh, But when we think about revival, oftentimes we think of like big tents and religious services and evangelists coming from other cities uh, and bringing a revival. And though I would agree, like, yeah, that's kind of an idea of a revival. A true revival is a reviving of something that once was alive to revive it to life again. And so maybe you've had a passion for something revived in your life, or maybe you had a love for a spouse that was revived after intentionally working on your marriage. A revival is a revival of dead things. And something that has never lived before can actually never be revived. And so sometimes when we talk within Christianity about revivals, we'll say, hey, we want to experience a revival so that people can come to know Jesus. And I would say, I agree. However, if someone's never come to know Jesus, they've never fully been alive before. And so they don't need a revival. They actually need a, a revival, a, a coming alive for the first time so that when we inevitably fall out of passion or love for Jesus or other things in our life, we can be revived. And so we're talking about revival, a revival of passion. And there are things in our life that we have been passionate about that maybe the passion has fizzled and we want those things to be revived. And so just all these last couple of weeks and heading into a couple months, we're just talking a lot about this idea of passion and how do we revive our passion, specifically our passion for Jesus. Because if we want to be a a passionate people, if we want to be passionate followers of Jesus, then we need to have that revived and come alive in flames on our heart once again. So we've talked about, kicked around three ideas uh, of ways that we can see revival. Uh, The first thing we talked about was found in Revelation chapter 2. If you're taking notes. If you want to study that passage later, I encourage you. In Revelation 2, Jesus is speaking to a church in the area of Ephesus, and he tells them that this church, these great people who are doing really great things, that they forgot their first love. They forgot about their love they had for Jesus. And so Jesus tells them, this is the solution. I want you to remember what it used to be like when you were really in love with me, when you really had passion for me. He says, remember And then I want you to repent. Repent for falling away. That just means turn away and turn towards me. Remember, repent, and then he finishes up with do. Do the things that you did at first. And by the way, we've we've talked about this. This is the last week we'll mention it. This is a great solution for a marriage that is fizzling, a great solution for marriage or even a friendship or a family relationship that might be broken is to remember what things used to be like Repent for the fact that they're not where you want them to be and then do the things that you did at first and watch as your passion starts to come alive again. Because oftentimes when you do the things you did, when you felt the way you did, you'll start feeling that way again once you start doing it again. And so remember, repent, and do. We also talked about this big idea that it's only the Holy Spirit who brings life. Only the Spirit of God can bring life to our souls and reinvigorate us. And so we can do all the remembering all the repenting and all the doing in the world, but unless the Spirit actually touches our heart, it all means nothing. And so we need God to show up and to do something. And that's when we talked about Ezekiel 38 and the valley of dry bones, that God can take the driest and deadest of bones 
and put them back together, uh, reassemble them, and then breathe life into them so that they can stand and live once again. And then last week, we ended up this idea of how do you revive passion with looking at this idea of um, your altar being wet. And I'd encourage you, go to our, um, our app, go onto iTunes, uh, whatever uh, podcast you listen to, or YouTube or Facebook. Listen to that message because a lot of times we're all hoping and desiring for God to revive us, but we fail to realize that we're actually pouring water on the altar of our heart, making it difficult for it to reignite. And so we challenge people for these next couple of weeks as we head into uh, the election on November 3rd, just to kind of refrain or pause from posting about anything on social media, unless it's just kind of a happy picture of your family or your friends and or scripture. And I see some of you have been doing that, and that's pretty awesome. And I feel a lot better after not re- reading all your negative garbage all the time. Um, so, so look for things like I'm, I'm choosing to post something happy about my family or friends, some, something positive and or scripture, and just challenging you to do that because oftentimes just us complaining, and we all do it, myself included, it's just like pouring water onto our heart and never seeing that flame come alive again. And I encourage you also um, to find something that's not sinful in your life, but something that might be uh, water poured on your heart to fast from. And so for some of us, that might be something like social media. It might be something like um, getting totally absorbed in, into to reading um, Janelle revealed to us as she closed the service last week just how much she loves Twilight, and that's just weird, Janelle. Um, and so, like, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a book that you need to refrain from. Not that it's wrong, except Twilight, of course. Um, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it, um, but it just might be distracting. It just might be something that's not allowing you to focus on some things that God wants you to focus on during this season in your life. And so I'm going to wrap up this idea today not on how to revive the fire, but what to do once that fire starts burning, once, to do, once you have a passion for Jesus that's reinvigorated. And I, I was asking a couple of people this week, um, some of our staff, um, I asked my son and some of his friends, I asked my daughter if they knew this word I'm going to mention, and no one knew this word. And so I'll invite you into this discussion is, um, if you have a fire, and if you throw something onto that fire, that makes that fire burn real hot and real bright and, and almost explode for a moment, what do you call that thing you throw on the fire? Does anyone know? You can actually, like, shoot answers my way. Wow, we've got smart people here today. Accelerant. Yes. And so I was asking some people, and I was like, stimulant? And I was talking with, with Paula. She's like, I think that's a drug. I'm like, I know. But isn't, like, a stimulant something you throw on a fire? And I was thinking, like, what else would you call this? And, 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 and um, Someone, I was like, finally, like, yes, accelerant is the word. And so I asked my, my, my son and my daughter and son's girlfriend last night, I was like, what, you know, what is it called when you do that? And they, they didn't know. I'm like, okay, well, it's an accelerant. And they're like, we'd never heard that word before. And so an accelerant, it's like acceleration. You, you speed up. You, you burn brighter. You burn hotter. And so it is fun, maybe not safe, but it's fun to throw accelerants onto fire. And so, you know, we have the standard gasoline. Now, if you've never thrown gas onto a fire, you're just not really looking. And so how many of you have ever had some pretty fantastic experiences throwing gas onto a fire before? Like bad things can happen or really exciting things uh, can happen. Um, more than once, I've seen people trying to um, light a propane burner uh, and, and go in to light it, and the gas has actually been leaking out longer than it should. And so when they go in with, with the lighter, just poof, and I, I've, seen, I've seen people come out without eyebrows before. And um, so if you see someone with their drawn-on eyebrows, it might not be in purpose. They might have lost them. And so um, I've seen that. But there's other great accelerants, um, like aerosol cans, very safe, um, to, to shoot an aerosol can into a fire, and you've got, voila, instant flamethrower, right? Am I right, kids? Uh, um, so there, there's all sorts of things we, we love to throw into fire, uh, alcohol, um, and sometimes alcohol leads to throwing alcohol in a fire. And all, all these things, these accelerants, we do things that maybe are not very wise. But how about like a firework into a fire? That's exciting. You never know where it will go when it goes in. Um, all sorts of gas, pun intended, that you can put into a fire and have it whoosh, accelerate. And so it's, it's fun to play with fire, right? It just is. And if, and if you don't think it's fun, you've never, like I said, you've never really lived before unless you've, you've played with fire. 
Don't tell my kids. Okay. So we're looking at accelerants, and I actually just want to take a brief look at, at two accelerants of the faith. Um, not gasoline, not an aerosol can, not a firework, uh, not rubbing alcohol, but, but just two accelerants of our faith. And there's many, many things that can not only ignite a flame with on your heart, but keep it burning. And the first one is this, and it's really the ultimate one. And if you only remember one accelerant for your faith, just let it be this. Um, The ultimate accelerator for your faith. There is no other greater accelerator for your faith than just simply the Word of God. The Word of God is the greatest accelerant for the faith. And oftentimes when people come alive, especially for the first time in Christ, you you see people that have no interest in reading, no interest in religious studies, no interest in things about God, no interest in reading anything at all, just have a passion for God's Word. And and so we're going to be looking at the greatest accelerant of all is just simply the Word of God. It will keep a fire burning. Now, I want you to, with full disclosure and understanding, I understand that you can go through seasons in life where reading becomes just a chore, where reading Scripture can become incredibly mundane or boring. I get it. I understand. We've been there. Um, you know, if you're wanting to ignite your passion and just really accelerate your faith, you, you probably don't want to read the book of Numbers. Like, it's probably not going to do anything for you. I mean, maybe. Um, but, you know, start with something exciting like First Kings or Judges or or go to the book of Acts or the book of Mark, where there's a lot of action and accelerating of faith. And so here's simply what we're going to do today, is I just want to talk to you about what the Word of God says about itself. If we want to find our faith accelerated, it's not going to be accelerated in anything other than the Word of God. And so here's some things that God's Word says about itself. The Scriptures are listed in the app. Uh, We didn't actually post the, the Scriptures in there. Because I actually want you to look them up this week, especially um, over uh, small groups this week. And so, number one, the Word of God, the Bible, is God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. It's God-breathed. So that means that God gives His Word. It is the only writing that is given by God. It's, It's breathed into existence. As God carried along writers, there is over 40 writers of Scripture who wrote 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, and then 27 in the New Testament, God breathed. And so when you're reading Scripture, you're not reading a book, you're not reading things that someone wrote out or typed, you're you're literally reading the Word of God. And and if that is not true, if that's not true, then God's Word is not worth reading. I'll say that again. If God didn't write the Bible, there's no point of reading it. But God did write the Bible. God wrote Scripture. His Spirit carried people along as they wrote prophetically the Word of God. And because God breathed it, here's the other thing we need to know. God's Word is useful. It's actually useful in your life. You might read it and say, this is antiquated. This is old. Um, This this world I'm reading about doesn't exist anymore. It, It does. We're dealing with the same stuff today that they dealt with thousands of years ago. So God's Word is useful for teaching. So let God's Word teach you. If you're you're going to end up going to or being a part of a church, go to a church that teaches the Bible. We don't gather here to, like, have a club. We actually want to teach the Bible. So God's Word is useful for teaching, and it's also useful for rebuking. This is kind of a cliche statement, but... God's Word is a book that you don't just read, but it actually reads you. As you begin to open up God's Word, you actually are rebuked sometimes by God's Word. And you feel a conviction, not because God is is scolding you or doesn't love you, but actually He's doing it because He loves you. He's rebuking you so that you can get your life in line and in sync with His, so you can live the abundant life that Jesus promises. And so it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, and for correcting. Sometimes I'll be going down a particular path or way and I'll read God's word and as it comes alive for me, it will get me right back onto a track that I didn't expect I would be going down because it corrects you. 
And so it's so important to read Scripture throughout your life because in life you're going to need course correction. And the Word of God is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correction, and for training. Training for what? 2 Timothy 3.16, it says God's Word is useful for training so that we can be prepared to do good works. Meaning you're never going to do the full good that God's created you to do unless you go to God's Word. Yes, His Spirit will reveal things to you. A community will empower you to do these things with His Spirit. But you've got to go to God's Word so that He can train you up to do what it is that you're supposed to do. John 1.1, we learn that God's Word is living. It's alive. It's the only document that's living. Now, you might go to twilight, rising, sunshine, dawn, and like... It's not alive. There's no, there's no, there's no life there. It's about, it's about vampires. But you, you open up God's word. It's, it's, it's actually alive. It's living. And the Bible says about itself in Hebrews 4, 12, it's active. It's living and active. So when you read it, it comes alive in you. It begins to do something. And as Hebrews 4 says, it's actually powerful. So when you get into God's word, we actually find power for life and for living because God's word is powerful. And then it says this about itself in Hebrews 4, it's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of your heart. Like I said, it rebukes you, it teaches you, it corrects you, but it's actually able to judge the thoughts and intentions of your heart. You see, I can't judge your intentions. I can't judge your thoughts because I'm not God. I don't have that right. I don't have that authority in anybody's life, but God's word does that very thing. God's word has a tendency to actually be able to judge your intentions. That's why um, Samuel, the prophet, said about David that God looks at the inside of man. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And so you can't look at someone's heart and make an assumption about somebody else, but you can allow God's word to examine your heart, to judge your heart's intentions, and to judge your own thoughts. Isaiah 55, my favorite thing about Scripture, it can't return void. It just can't. That's why I actually chose to open today's time that we have together with just a a brief explanation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And I did that because as I did that, you had two choices. And your choices were to either accept Jesus in faith or to reject Jesus in rebellion. And so when Scripture says that it can't return void, that's why Jesus uses the illustration of a seed to describe the gospel. We, we plant seeds. We speak forth the Word of God, and those seeds do fall on the hearts of men, and the seed has to do something. It, it begs for a response, and whether you consciously acknowledge it or not, a, a response is being made when you hear the good news of Jesus. It is actually unable to return void. Psalms 19.7, this is the one I will read. Psalms 19.7 says this, the law of the Lord is perfect. It is reviving, revival. It is reviving or restoring to the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And so, God's word is restoring to the soul. How many of you have ever found yourself in a a deep, dark depression or season of anxiety or or bitterness? And it feels like there is a a, a heavy darkness brooding over your soul. I've been there far too many times. And when I get to that place, sometimes you have to adamantly choose to get out of that place. Not that you can get out of it on your own, but choose to grab onto the one thing that can help you get out the word of God, because it's actually restoring to the soul. That's why Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't have any need to want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He provides all that I need. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Some of you need a restoration of your soul this morning. And yes, therapy is good. Medication can be needed. All these things are great and wonderful. But the ultimate restoration of the soul is going to come directly from God. Because every good and perfect gift is from the Lord. 
Here's what God's word says about itself. It says it's the primary way to know God, Luke 16. It's how we know God. You, you can't know God apart from Scripture. Now, you might have a, a rudimentary understanding of God, or you might put faith in Jesus Christ and, and just kind of leave it at that. But God wants you to have a growing, passionate discipleship relationship with him. And the only way to really get to know him is to hear his voice and to hear his words. Many of us treat our salvation in Jesus Christ like someone who would treat a marriage, who gets married and then after the honeymoon never lives with their spouse again never truly getting to know their spouse. And if you want to know God, the primary way to know him is through your word. And I want you to know God's spirit speaks. God's spirit works miracles and does mighty things. But unless you can base that off of scripture, you might not actually be dealing with the Holy Spirit and you might be dealing with evil spirits. So you need to know when you test the spirits, like God says, you need to make sure that the things you're experiencing are actually of God and you know that through his word. Romans 10. The Bible leads sinners to Christ. In John 5, it gives people eternal life. Only God's word can lead sinners to Christ. A preacher can't. A church can't. A missionary, an evangelist cannot lead people to Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can do that through God's word. And as it's living, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It can judge the intentions and the thoughts of man Only God's word can lead someone to Jesus and give them everlasting life. There is no other book that will give everlasting life. Only God's word can do that. That's why Proverbs 6 says God's word is the way of life. I have a friend who pastors a church here in South Salem in our community, and the church is, I love the name of the church. It's just Way of Life Fellowship because that's what it is. Way of life. The word of God is the way of life. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Psalms 12 and John 17 says God's word is pure and true. Every page in your Bible is true. If one page in your Bible is not true, the rest of it cannot be true. If something in the Bible is not true, is not worth listening to, is not worth reading, is not worth allowing it to change your life, then the rest of it is just pointless. And and so um, I won't go too deep into history, but some of our founding fathers here in America actually cut out parts of Scripture they didn't like. They cut out parts of Scripture and just focused on particular parts of Scripture that they liked. That sounds like the church today, by the way. The church is great at doing that. Christians are great at doing that, cutting out the parts of the Bible that we do not like and we do not want to follow. But if the whole thing is not true, then none of it's true. And if none of it's true, the whole thing is not true. We can't cut out Scripture. Either it's real or it's not. It's true or it's a lie. We must be able to take in the whole thing. There is nothing in Scripture that's changed. There's nothing that is antiquated. There is nothing that's been adapted for today's society. The Bible is just true. We have to read it in a cultural timeline context. Yes, but God didn't change his precepts and his laws for man just because we've changed as a people. Which brings us to the second to last. The Bible is to be obeyed, James 1.22. We don't just want to be hearers of the word. We don't just want to hear it. We want to do it. It's to be obeyed. If you read scripture, and if you don't do what it says, once again, you're choosing to reject it. But if the scripture empowers you and brings you life, then it's scripture that is obeyed. And then the last one we'll look at today is that scripture is for everyone. It's for everyone. Romans 16, 26. Scripture is for everyone. And a couple times I, I've talked with some of you or talked with people about inviting someone to church. I'm like, hey, have you invited so-and-so to church? And, and someone might say, well, they're not a Christian. Well, exactly. That's why we, we want them to hear God's word. We don't want them to be a part of our church. We don't want them to, to hear a pastor or to learn to sing certain songs or give money or pray a certain way. We want people to hear God's word. God's word is for everyone. And so it's not just for Christians because there was a time when every Christian was not a Christian. And the moment that you forget that is the moment that you become arrogant and think that you're actually worthy of saving yourself. But the Bible says it's by grace you've been saved. 
not a result of works. Because if, if that was the case, you'd boast about it. And so who's God's word for? It is for everyone. So as we go through this series and the season of revival, as we're seeking passion, I would like to invite us as a church to go through the Bible together. Over these next uh, couple of months, I would love for you to go through the Bible together with, with me, with each other, and um, nothing crazy, not like we're going to hammer through the whole Bible in a couple months, but I'd love to invite you to go through the Bible just simply um, between now and the end of the year. Let's read the New Testament together. It's about 80 days, but if we can give 60 days, just 60 days to reading the New Testament together. Uh, on your app, we included for you a link to a 60-day New Testament Bible reading plan. If you need to read it with flowers and a white mug, then go at it. Um, but just 60 days, 60 days of reading through the New Testament, and watch as it comes alive. Uh, it's about five chapters a day. Is that, is that right, Paula? It's like five. So yeah, five-ish chapters a day of the New Testament. Um, six, 60 days. Just let's go through the New Testament. And what I'd love you to do is, is if you'd like to join this journey with us, if you want to put a hashtag on your, on your social media, just um, FC online, that way we can just see like, hey, we're doing this together. I want to know what your thoughts are. I want to know as you begin to read Scripture, like what is God putting on your heart to share about that? Um, you know, you don't need to, to set up your dining room table and take like this amazing Bible study Instagram picture so that way all of your uh, followers will be influenced of how cool you are. And um, reading the Bible today, and then that's all you did was just say you're reading the Bible today in a cute voice. Like, but did you actually read the Bible? Like, did you put your makeup on before you wrote it, read it so you could take a picture of yourself, or are you actually trying to read it? So, so share your thoughts on Scripture. Uh, 60 days. We'll text it. If, if you're in our, um, our database, we'll text you today the link. We'll email you the link. We'll put it on our social media, and it's in the app. Join us for 60 days reading the New Testament together, and let's see if that becomes an accelerant to our faith. And I want to watch as we are revived. Here's how we'll end today. And, and if you are not a part of our church regularly, this is a really, this is like a family talk for those who are, but this is a great time for you to listen in, because we'd love to invite you to be a part of something exciting. A way to accelerate your faith beyond just reading scripture, there's a lot. Um, I'd encourage fasting to accelerate your faith, prayer to accelerate your faith. Um, exercise can actually accelerate your faith sometimes. So wh whatever it is, do, do what you need to do to accelerate your faith. faith. Meditate on God's word, memorize God's word. But I just want to share one last thing today on how to accelerate your faith. And I'm just going to call it the power of getting involved. The power of getting involved is a way to accelerate your faith. Christianity is not a faith. It's not a way of life that you live by yourself. You, you can't be a follower of Jesus by yourself. That's why our mission as a church is not just to connect people to Jesus, but to connect people to others. The Bible tells us we're the body of Christ. And if you try to be a part of the body of Christ without connecting yourself to the body, the New Testament actually says you're, you're just kind of like a, a tongue that's displaced or an arm that's displaced or an eye or an ear that's displaced. We need the whole body. And if you would like your faith to be accelerated, it's just never going to be accelerated by yourself. All the Bible reading in the world will do you no good unless you choose to do life with others because you have been created to be relational beings. And without relationship, our relationship with Jesus doesn't grow. And so I would invite you this year to choose to be a, far, a part of a faith community to build your passion. So find a church to join on mission. Find a church to accomplish a vision together. Find a church to live out your beliefs in Christ. Find a church to live out your purposes and your values together. It is an ultimate faith booster. And, and at Fellowship Church, we don't think by any means we're, we're special or unique compared to other great churches in our city. And so there's great churches you can get plugged into and involved in, and, and we might be that church for you. Awesome, and we might not. Uh, we know most other pastors and churches in our community we can get you connected with. And so I encourage you, if you want to really accelerate your faith, yeah, let's read through the Bible together, but I want to invite you to be a part of a faith community and um, this is our kind of vision weekend here. I'm going to go over real briefly 
some vision that we had this last year and then COVID. And then look forward to where we're going as a church. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask uh, Paula Lehman to come up and join me. She's our pastor of outreach. She's going to talk about some outreach things. But a couple of things. Um, Last year, we set out a goal. We'd like to reach 0.5% of our community by 2030. We would like to reach one half of 1% of our area's 400,000 people by 2030. We'd love to be an active church community meeting in multiple locations of at least 2,000 people by 2030. That gives us 10 years to get there. We shared last year our goals to do that is we were going to start some new churches, some new church campuses in our area, and the primary place we were going to start a church this last year was going to be in downtown Salem. And our goal was to, by May, start having monthly worship services in downtown Salem, which would have transitioned into a weekly Sunday night service in downtown Salem, but COVID. And so we're like, ah, it just kind of ruins our plans. But I'm not dismayed. God knew COVID was coming. Uh, We have a space to meet as soon as we can meet downtown. Um, We have a new Sunday evening, 5 o'clock service. And how awesome is it that we had to create that service because of COVID? So when COVID restrictions are over, we're moving that service to another location so that we can reach more people. And so God knows... Our goal was to start another church. We have people right now in Moore, Oklahoma, having church in their house with us as we speak. Literally, we have uh, another church that we didn't know we'd have um, last year, uh, talking with people in some other states who want to start churches in their house as they join with us every week. And so things don't always go as they are planned, but they actually go sometimes even better. And so don't let COVID get you dismayed. God can still work through COVID. And and can actually do some amazing things. And I believe that for a lot of you, there's going to be some really great things that will come out of COVID besides just the stimulus check that you got. Like, some of you are like, well, it's nice, all this extra money, uh, but I think that more can come out of this than just extra money, because life's not about money. It's about living abundantly, and I'm believing in faith for some great things. We shared last year, um, we wanted to start some unique outreach by having an office in downtown Salem. Uh, We secured a spot. Uh, We're ready to move in. Uh, We're just raising some funds to pay for the rent for that spot so we can do some unique outreach things. And so I'm going to invite Paula up if you want to come up and join me. Um, And Paula is going to share a couple of the outreach things we talked about last year and a couple things that are really good news. And I think it's actually because COVID that we saw some of these things happen uh, so one of the things we presented last year was we wanted to, we wanted to start a sensory classroom uh, for children with disabilities. And so, Paula, did we accomplish that? And why or how or what's happening because of that? You're not going to give me any time to get set up. I'm just going to shuffle my notes. Um, so the short answer is no. We did not get a sensory classroom. But uh, what we did get was we opened a new classroom for our kids, and uh, Darren and Stephanie Dean actually remodeled uh, our largest classroom downstairs into the Depot 4 or 5, and that is for fourth and fifth graders. Um, And so we are recruiting teachers for that uh, classroom. So if you have a heart for fourth and fifth graders, please sign up to serve with them. Who doesn't have a heart for fourth and fifth graders? They're really funny. but some other, other things that came out of that is we are, um, we are partnering uh, in some events with a local nonprofit that works with some people who are developmentally delayed. Uh, and our freakishly fun fall festival, we're actually hosting a very similar party for young adults with deve- developmental disabilities. Yeah, it's called a Fall for Fun pumpkin and costume party. We are are partnering with another uh, local agency to put that on to reach out to people in our community uh, with disabilities. And while we were waiting for that classroom, I noticed a couple of months ago we had someone give um, quite a few thousand dollars to carpet our downstairs as well. So that's some new, you're going to have the smell of new carpet here pretty soon, which is always a good smell. So that's cool. Um, clothing closet was another thing we were trying to open this last year. Tell us about that. So um, 
the clothing closet, we don't have a building for that yet. Uh, we have some fun plans for the clothing closet this year, um, including some pop-up shop style things. Uh, however, with the fires, we were able to give away clothing uh, and some baby items. And then throughout the year, we've given clothing and collected clothing to other families. Yeah, we got a ton of clothes. Uh, a lot. ton of clothes. Were, um, this is not a bring your junk to Jesus plea. Um, but it is, a, like, if you, have, if you have new clothes or gently used clothes, um, if you maybe don't give them away mm -hmm. on a buy nothing group on social media, mm -hmm. and I'd love to be considered. Um, Fellowship Church would love to be considered um, to take your used, lightly used clothes and we can give it away um, to yeah. people in need. And yeah, we've, we've made some connections through the fires uh, to be able to open up some literally pop-up stores in downtown Salem mm -hmm. uh, to give away clothing. Yeah, we need men's clothing. Men, you've been wearing those shirts and jeans for 10, 15 years. It's time to bring them here so that we can give them to another man to wear for 10 years and buy yourself some new clothes. Yeah, we also were trying to do a pretty big Easter outreach this last April, but COVID, what did, what, what did we see happen instead? So I actually feel like our Easter egg hunt was more of a success this year than it was last year, just because we had to be creative. So last year in 2019, we had a huge Easter egg hunt. We filled this field with eggs. Um, Caesar the No Drama Llama came. We had face painting. We had all of these things. Um, and then this year, we determined that it was not safe or abiding with uh, local uh, guidelines to do that. So we hosted a drive-through Easter egg hunt where we actually provided between 30 and 60 eggs per family. And so uh, kids... They get put on their own egg hunt. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we filled eggs, we still collected candy, and people drove through and our staff handed them a bag of eggs. So and we ran out basically immediately, like way too soon. So I'm excited to have a real within an hour this, com this coming year. Yes. We 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 also uh, laid out some vision the last two years to build a park. Uh, we're still working on a park. We'd love to open up our property to the community. Uh, if you could tell people like what is happening with the park, the really exciting thing, and then we'll we'll go to the next thing here real quick. Uh, the really exciting thing is that a disc golf course in our group a disc golf group in Salem uh, started fundraising so that they could come and install a disc golf course on our property. So these are people who don't go to our church. Um, they're just a group in Salem. And when Anthony uh, mentioned to one of their members, like, hey, we would like to have a disc golf course, they put on a fundraiser. They started researching the equipment. So that's really exciting. Um, but we also... We just have a vision to put a nice play structure. This is actually the play structure that we would like to install. And we want to turn this amphitheater area into a community park, putting the play structure um, kind of on this right side of it. It's a larger area than you think. And we want to have seating and we want to put in a couple of these uh, grills so that families can come and they can enjoy our beautiful park-like property. Yeah. And we're excited to do that. And if you want to see how you can partner with us in that, let us know. Uh, a couple more moments here. We had a fire in, in Oregon. Uh, what did we see uh, our church join us in doing to, um, to help impact the fire and COVID relief as well? Yeah, so between fire, uh, between COVID relief and fire relief, uh, Fellowship Church Congregation gave over $10,000. Um, which is, yeah. So my goal for, uh, we call this emergency relief. My goal for emergency relief was to give away $5,000. And my goal for 2021 was to move into $10,000. But we actually gave away $10,000 this year to people who were affected by COVID or by the fires. So that's really amazing. Yeah, and, and many of you jumped in to serve and help in the fire relief. Um, we partnered with the United Way. Um, we are starting to partner with Gates Community Church uh, mm -hmm. in Gates, Oregon, who've, who are doing a really awesome mm -hmm. job out there. But a lot of you gave countless hours serving in the mm -hmm. fire. Um, and, and our church actually was recognized by the Salem Leadership Foundation and got an award for uh, fire relief efforts in, in the area. So you mm -hmm. guys were a part of that, and we want to thank you for, for your, your huge effort in that direction. Yeah, the Cardoza family took time off work for that. They yeah. really stepped up. 
Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up. Who's stoked about that? Uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you're going to eat your turkey with a mask on. And so th- Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, last year, we, we kind of turned our outreach on its head where we didn't want to have a community dinner at our church. We wanted to give a community dinner to families to be able to provide for their families themselves. So let people know how much money we raised last year for that, how many families we served, and how many we'd like to do this year. Yeah, so uh, I've been on staff for three years now, but for uh, eight years before that, Fellowship Church hosted a Thanksgiving dinner on site, and it was it was a big success. Um, but last year, I approached Anthony, and I I just felt in my spirit that we needed to empower families to do things um, normally and together as a family. So what we did was we provided two holiday meals, one at Thanksgiving and one at Christmas, um, just so these families could have a typical Thanksgiving dinner. And then when we provided the Thanksgiving dinner, we also provided a gift card to assist with gift buying for Christmas. And we partnered with a couple organizations in our community. Um, one is Pole Gems, which we've partnered with for three years now. Uh, and so we, we reach out to these organizations in our community to bless families that maybe we wouldn't necessarily have contact with. So this year, we are gonna do 10 families and 20 meals, and we're gonna um, take that empowerment a step further, and we are gonna give uh, gift cards to Winco so that the families can actually buy their own food supplies. Um, Not everybody likes stuffing. Maybe they want something else. Right. So I know that growing up, a big tradition, and I don't know why this was a tradition in my home, but it was a can of olives. We, every holiday meal, there was a can of olives that got poured into a bowl and we were all excited. And so last year, it was so weird. (laughs) I still buy those olives for, you know, Thanksgiving. It's fine. Um, So last year when I was shopping and I was buying all of these cans of olives, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why do I have to have these olives? And I want a I want families to be empowered to have their own traditions. And this, um, a lot of times, families who are a little more disenfranchised, their kids have a lot of shame about that. They know that their families are different. And so by doing this, by giving a gift card so the families can buy their own meals, so that the families can buy gifts, the church isn't the savior. The church isn't coming in to save the day. We're coming alongside these families and providing normalcy and stability. So this is my favorite outreach that we do. So this year, we are raising $5,000 to bless 10 families with two holiday meals and $150 in uh, gift buying gift cards. Yeah, normally every year we'll have some kind of a goal to have people give to by Christmas, but this year this is all, this is all we'd like to raise. Uh, for, for a big extra offering as you approach Christmas is there's families that we can empower to serve and especially their children to raise this 5,000 bucks for these meals, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for gifts. And um, that's our goal this year. It's, it's a real obtainable one. We could reach right. that immediately. What, how can people actually give to that? So you can text HOLIDAY to 84321. You can also, um, there's give envelopes in this box in the back, and you can just write holiday on it or Thanksgiving. Um, and then if you give online or through the app, you you can just click holiday in the drop-down box. Yeah, that'll go to Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we'll wrap this up. Uh, one exciting bit of news we want to share with you, and we could talk for hours about it, but we got about four minutes. Um, one is... Um, <laughs> So uh, Paula came on, like she said, three years ago as our uh, community outreach director. Um, she's since been licensed and ordained in ministry, so she is an assistant pastor here of outreach and volunteers. And she's been working on a lot of grants for our church. And one of those grants that she's been working on is um, something called the CAN Center. It's Communities as Neighborhood Centers um, through Salem Leadership Foundation. I know some of you here are familiar with the amazing organization, Salem Leadership Foundation. And Paula presented... Um, a proposal to them this this last uh, couple of months. They said it's the best proposal they've ever got. And long story short, we were accepted as a can center here. So Fellowship Church is now a church as a community center and um, have a grant to do a lot of amazing work. The one thing that they're most dedicated to paying for is staffing. And so Paula has been a volunteer here 
on staff for three years. So now she's getting at least a small stipend uh, from the Salem Leadership Foundation uh, CAN Center. But maybe to share a few things that we're going to roll out here once we hit January, uh, and then we'll go ahead and dismiss with worship and baptism today. Okay. So um, one one of the biggest things that we're doing um, correlates with our downtown office space. Uh, we have a tradition of welcoming ourselves to the neighborhood. So when we moved into our Sunnyside location, we took cookies to the 300 houses uh, closest to us just to let the neighbors know that we were here and to welcome ourselves. So we want to take that same uh, spirit into our downtown area. Um, and our downtown area has two very large, diverse populations. And the first is small business owners, and the second is our neighbors experiencing homelessness. So we are creating um, a two-pronged approach. And the first is what we're calling downtown care packets. And we've actually um, already started reaching out to some of the businesses downtown. one of our businesses downtown experienced a loss of an employee. She uh, died suddenly and we were able to reach out and um, these care packets will contain uh, a variety of things, but the most important thing that it will have is vouchers for counseling. Um, Anthony partners with a organization that I can never remember the name. Integrative Counseling Institute. Integrative Counseling Institute. And he has worked out a way for us to provide vouchers for people who uh, need counseling. And part of the CAN Center grant will pay for people to have a certain number of hours of counseling. And um, we're going to partner with other uh, nonprofits uh, to provide different things. Some of you, well, you ladies, you'll probably have seen the anti-human trafficking stickers in our restrooms. We're going to actually be handing those out. Uh, We're going to partner with... Uh, Center for Hope and Safety and provide each business with their anti-domestic violence posters. So this is a great way for us to reach out to the nonprofits that are doing amazing work, but it's also a great way for us to reach out and let these businesses know that we're we're downtown and that we care about them in a practical way. Uh, So a lot of things there. We're going to have just we can breeze through, mm-hmm. pay it forward, um, restaurant vouchers for people downtown, mm-hmm. uh, as well as clothing closets popping up downtown. Mm-hmm. And then if you could, we could wrap up our time talking about our community classes. I'd love to invite everybody here too, uh, and everybody joining online. Yes, so in January, I didn't write down the date. Yeah, January Jan- 5th. January 5th. Uh, January 5th, we will be kicking off uh, community classes. And these classes will be uh, donation-based. Uh, So if you attend, we're just going to request that if you're able to, that you give a small donation. But there will be four options for these classes, and they will be focusing on uh, general health, health of your uh, relationships. So in January, we will be having a marriage class. Uh, It will be focusing on your financial health, how to budget, how to save money, how to invest your money. Um, It will also be... uh, There will be a class on physical health, so nutrition and exercise and how to eat healthily on a budget. And then the last one is an emotional health, and uh, Dr. David Manick will be leading that, and it will actually probably look like a group therapy session, but it's going to be really amazing. And then in, that's going to go for about 10 weeks. Uh, And we're going to serve dinner every week. Yes, there will be. And we're going to have childcare every week for that as well. Correct. And then in the spring, we will have discipleship classes, and these will be faith and theology-based, and Nathan Amerson is actually developing curriculum for these classes. And we believe that these these two things are, um, they go together. We want to focus on people's health, and we want to provide practical real ways that they can work on their health but we also know that uh, Jesus is the ultimate way to health so yeah Paula's doing a great job and you guys are doing a great job serving our community if you give Paula a hand um, there's a lot of there's a ton of stuff we didn't go over but I just want to respect your time today yeah so one one thing Paula brought to we invited you to read the New Testament with us this year there's this uh, book you can buy it's actually not available on Amazon um, but if you if you type in um, the, the Bible Study by Zach Wendall. The Bible Study by Zach Wendall. It's this amazing journal 
help you go through the New Testament um, these next couple of months as you read it together just for your own personal growth. Uh, one thing Paula and I were kind of bummed out about when we were looking at you have to buy the old and new together. Uh, there's no way to just buy the new, but this will propel you to actually read the rest of the Bible. So you're going to grab this. It's an amazing tool. Uh, it's just you know, b- beautifully designed. How do you hold something? Uh, so this amazing book, if you want to get this, um, again, look up, Google it, The Bible Study by Zach Wendell. Uh, really, really great, great curriculum. You can go through the Bible together. And so um, I'll read a verse, and then we're going to invite Casey up to lead us in a song. Um, but here, here's the verse I started last week's service with, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it this week, and it's this. It's Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Uh, it says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And so you might be asking yourself, like, why am I here at this church today? I think it's because we gave you a couple opportunities that you could serve your community. And more than that, uh, we share the gospel. What does it mean to follow Jesus Christ? What does it mean to have relationship with Christ? And for some of you who are just checking us out, trying to figure out if you'd like to be involved in our church, we've got a lot of work to do in our community to reach people with the hope and the love and the grace of Jesus. And over the next couple months, We'll be um, giving you some real easy ways to get plugged in. I encourage you, get plugged in. Find ways to serve your city. Find ways to serve your church. Um, You can sign up to be a part of one of our teams here on our app or on our website to sign up to serve. We'd love to have you serve with us. We're going to need people to run uh, pop-up shops downtown. We're going to need people to go reach out to businesses, to reach out to the homeless. We're going to need people to uh, facilitate classes and be there to disciple people as they go through these things and to love on our neighbors and to develop parks so that we can just be a beacon of hope throughout our city. And so really love for you to be a part of that. And I think the lesson God's teaching us is that, like, it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or an election or, or just political upheaval or social unrest. God works through all that stuff, guys. He works through all that stuff, and he can work through you. And it's been a rough year. But I think we're going to get out of this year and we're going to look back and say, wow, look at what God did even in 2020. He could ignite a passion. He could keep it burning. So throw the accelerants on your faith. Get in God's word. Get connected to a church. Find ways to grow in Jesus Christ. So God, we we praise you. We thank you for all you're doing. God, um, help us to find ways to, to partner with you. Help us to find uh, churches and missionaries and ministries and nonprofits that we can work with 